the Scholars in Iron podcast. See, us powerlifters, so many times what happened in the old days, when you were taken into the fold, you know, the old guys taught you. It was like the way, like in karate, when the masters taught the younger guys what to do, and eventually one day you become a master, and it's your time to pay it forward. I take that role very seriously, just like Joe does. Like, for example, like, you know, a guy has to come in late one night and train. They're getting ready for a contest. I'm there by their side because there's be a time when I need you to come for me when it's a contest. Or when you go to a contest and help a guy out, it means a lot. There has to be some kind of, like, general giving between people because we have become such individuals in, in this world nowadays, we forget about there's other people out there. Good to see you. Good to see you too, Phil. Thank you, buddy. We're just doing a podcast. Good morning, and welcome to the Scholars in Iron podcast. I'm your host, Joe, coming to you from outside the nation's capital, right here in the DMV. The objective of Scholars in Iron is very straightforward. It's to associate strength training with intellectual endeavors. On the show, we'll examine the connection between capitalism and CrossFit, philosophy and powerlifting, all to raise some hell and even a few questions. By the end of each episode, we'll get one rep closer to living the phrase, civilize the mind, but make savage the body. Now come on, let's lift. Welcome to Sanctuaries of Strength, a special series in which I'll be checking out different powerlifting gyms. Now, I want to view these gyms not only as places to seriously train, but more along the lines of academies of powerlifting. That is, each school with its own methods, theories, and of course debates. So, let's get into it. Last week I was in New Jersey and went over to Carteret to check out Skiba's gym. For those who aren't familiar with the Garden State, Carteret is a large, mainly working class town situated between Newark and Elizabeth, right across from Staten Island. The gym had moved a few times, so I mistakenly went to the first two locations. But I'm glad I did, because in going over to the first two sites, it's clear that the owner, Henri Skiba, wanted to keep the gym no-nonsense and true to its roots as a real place for the community. Built inside of a house, Skiba's gym is a labyrinthine maze of benches, machines, weights, and I found Henri and his crew doing box squats out in the back garage, right where it all began. Oh, Find your knees up. Maybe you're taking them on you. Double? What That's a single. I don't do singles. Yeah, good. After we squatted, Henri gave me a tour of the gym and we hit the reverse hyper. Later, I sat down with him and Joe Kalajiri, another impressive veteran of the strength game, and talked about the gym, their west side based methodology and affiliation, the differences between geared and raw lifting and Henri's work as a powerlifter with female victims of domestic abuse. Joe, introduce yourself. Go ahead. Uh, Joe Caligiuri. All right, my name is Henri Skiba. I'm a retired trooper with New Jersey. I did 30 years on it. I've been training at Skiba's gym and training with Henri for the past, it's got to be 35, close to 40 years. Every bit of it. Started with him powerlifting and haven't looked back. I'm a teacher by profession. I taught special ed for thir- over 35 years. This gym is dedicated to my father, who's a policeman, and I dedicated to him because it's a living tribute. He did a lot for kids and stuff like that, and I wanted to continue his, his legacy by doing the same thing. As I told uh, Joe over here, 
take a picture right over when you come into the gym. It just has a simple thing from Louis Simmons says, weak things break. And that's the fact. We're only as strong as our weakest link. You find your weakest link and you become stronger. The gym actually started in 1972 in my father's garage and we still have it. I still have the same garage. I still take a picture where we started. We took some paint, rode over, over one of the doors, Skiba's gym, and that's when it all started. It was real rudimentary back then. We used to lift by a candle. And even when we went to the other gym, which Joe would actually tell upon, when there was power outages, we used to lift by the light of a, simply by what, a pop belly stove, Joe? Yeah, we used to have a pop, he used to have a pop belly stove in the gym. Now this was a two car garage, you know, in New Jersey. And we used to lift the dead of winter, typical New Jersey uh, winter. It was 25 degrees out, snow blowing underneath the door, pop belly stove going. We would have a hooded jer- a shirt on, uh, hats, and we would be snow would be blowing into the gym, and we're benching and squatting, uh, and we had to keep stoking the pop belly stove. The guys still swear it's some of the best times they ever had in their yeah, life. Absolutely. That was and what funny. was so funny, we had a window that was the window was broken in it, and it had a fan in it, and you think we'd fix it after all the years, and so it would actually blow in through the winter time, with the snow blowing through the window, and be cold as hell, and we just had some great times. You know why? Because it made us as closer as lifters. Henri's gym is unique, not only for its old school history and longevity, but also because of the methodology it adheres to. The gym is affiliated with the Westside Barbell Club in Columbus, Ohio, and Henri has a deep friendship with its founder and owner, Louis Simmons. I'm a real advocate of Westside Barbell. Louis Simmons is a very close friend of mine. And I use the Westside method, Westside template, and basically all the principles. And basically we have all the different gear and tools that they have at Westside, and we have it here, because I so strongly believe in it. And I think that was what's so incredible about our gym is we're not one of those people that come into the game with a couple hundred thousand dollars and buys a gym because that's what it seems like the things to do. Every single piece here has been been put together over time, means something to us, and it means something to me, so we actually care a lot about what goes on. Now, you know, Louis Simmons, I tell stories all the time that he is the most incredible person that I've ever met. And I'm so lucky to consider him a very close friend. And so many times, like even the first time we met, and I'll tell you the story because I think it's, it's wonderful, is that when Louie and I went out, I was having back problems for the longest time, right? Yep. And so I went out there to discover the reverse hyper. Louie showed it to me, made a video of it and everything else. And I said, Louie, I'm a teacher. So it take me three months to get enough money to get together and to be able to afford to buy the reverse hyper. But I give you my word, I'm buying a reverse hyper because I know and I believe in you. I go home, another week later, truck pulls up, and it has it on, on the back of the truck. And uh, I called Louie up, I said, Louie, I don't have the money for it yet. And he goes, Andre, you're a power lifter. I believe you, I know you need it, pay me when you can. The one thing I noticed when I was squatting with the crew, as well as talking with Henri and Joe, is how focused and serious they are about making the gym a real place, not just to grow stronger, but to be responsible. Henri, Joe, Juan, Mark, and Laura were all intently focused on the lifter. They were spotting, operating the monolift, calling out cues, or shouting out words of encouragement. They helped each other putting on their squat suits, and what truly struck me was that, in spite of the seriousness of their training, the atmosphere was comradely, almost light at times. Mistakes were not brushed under the rug, but addressed. And it is exactly this kind of environment that the gym has been fostering and cultivating for decades. Personally, I don't care what my total is. I come here for the guys. I come here for the camaraderie. I come here for friends and to see other guys do better. And 
we're here every day. We train together. We help each other. But my total is I care what everybody else does. You know, it's a different game. It's a different type of training, training with this group. And the powerlifting world will know it. It's totally different training in this environment than going to a commercial gym. It, it really is. And I'll never, ever com- compete in or lift in a commercial gym. This is where I'm going to die. He talks about the camaraderie. I think, I personally, when I, I'm very analytical with a lot of things. I always look at, like, guys, what what's so magical in their lives a lot. And it's that one time, you know, whether you play football or baseball, and all these guys share the same dream, right? Getting together, and I don't care if you're 15 years old or 60 years old. A bunch of guys getting together, you know, maybe just wanting to stay strong. And we're getting together, and we're, we're, we're staying together, and we push forward all the time. And there's just like life is, is not so easy sometimes. That's when we get together and, you know, you have somebody that, you know, been through it and they help you. You know, I mean, like my friend John Matei, who's out there, my father was sick with cancer for so long. I mean, he, I wanted to stop lifting. And he said, Andre, if you stop lifting, you're done. And one of the things that was so incredible about it was I've done that to so many other people uh, since. I said, you got to do it because you got to keep yourself going you owe it to your family to keep moving on and that's where the, the family and camaraderie come in and I could call on these guys anytime in my life like Jack Def like call them anytime I want that dude would be here in a heartbeat or Kenny Toth and they'd be here in a heartbeat to help you out one of the bigger issues in the world of powerlifting is the popularity of raw lifting against geared lifting and since both Skiba's gym and Westside are advocates of the latter I wanted to hear what they thought about the trend away from gear you need a good crew especially if you're a geared lifter you know, geared lifting now is not very popular amongst powerlifters anymore. Bench shirts, squat suits, multiply, single ply, it's not very popular. Even the USAPL and RPS, 90% of the guys that are training now are uh, raw lifters. I think the, the sport itself is pretty much the same. It's evolved, and I've seen a lot of the evolution of it. You know, when guys like me and Andre started, especially yep. Andre, there was only, you know, a, a, an Inzer Blast shirt. I don't know what was the big change to the raw lifting. What I think it is, a raw lifter can do it anywhere. You can go to Crunch, Retro, anywhere you want. You can train raw. Can't do geared lifting in a Crunch, a Retro, a Wow, whatever you want. You have to do it here. You need the right guys around you. You need the right geared guys around you. We'll have, we'll have a day where we have one or two geared guys, but a load of raw lifters. Our raw guys that are here know how to assist geared lifters. It's a different type of lifting. It's a different lift-off. It's a different setup. It's a different spot. You know, it's lengthy. It's long. If you're going to come in here and do a bench workout in a shirt, you're looking at a two-hour session. It's going to take, you know, put the shirts on, take the shirts off, wrap them up, lift-offs. Make sure the lift-off is correct. And, you know, if you get a big guy that's benching 6 plus, 6 to 750, you got to have a three-man liftoff. You got to know the right guy's got to do it. I'll never, ever knock the raw guys because they're strong. You'll always hear the negative the opposite way around. I just took gear as just simply a modification for the future, all right? And the reason I'm saying stuff like that is nobody says anything about skiers that all of a sudden get a, a helmet designed aerodynamically to like make break wind resistance so they could take a second of off course. their speed. Or a swimmer, 
you know, shaving her whole body so they go through the water easier. Or a car driver changing the, you know, different kind of mechanics of the car and make it go faster. Us, another thing too, the whole thing that I'm saying is, during my time, we used to have so many multiple injuries in a contest. Like you used to have bicipital tears oh, yeah. and, and quad tears and ham tears, right? When the, when the gear has come along, a lot of that stuff disappeared. Well, now, maybe we went crazy with, you know, how much power we get out of different gear, but you know... I'll be, the fir- I'll be the first to say that, yes, a guy like myself, I'm pretty good in a venture. I will get upwards of 150 pounds out of a venture, and that's a single-ply shirt. Now, the thing is, is I tell guys all the time, it takes a lot of courage to go 150 pounds out of your comfort zone. So if I'm a 330-pound raw venture, and you're fooling around with 450, 460 takes a lot of courage to do that. Look at one of our guys, Chris Delafav, who is... Oh, he's on a whole he, other level. He's a whole other level. He's I mean, he is just level. a phenomenal, phenomenal lifter. He's, and now we're preparing for his WPO. Just a quick note. The World Powerlifting Congress, or WPO, is an elite professional powerlifting organization which specializes in multiply lifting. It is arguably where the biggest powerlifting records are set and broken. He's taken as much as, I think, 1395 with chains and bands out of the rack and squatted it. You have no, I mean, of course it's not true, it's not 1395 all the way through, but at different parts yeah, of that lift, it is still well over a thousand in every different place. You have to have lift. no fear. What I found particularly great about Skiba's gym is Henri's dedication to using the sport as a way to help battered and abused women become stronger, both mentally and physically. What we do as far as women training and stuff like that, I found so many women, what has happened when men in certain kind of situations have taken their spirit and uh, when they lose, when they've lost their spirit, th- their whole life changes. Yeah. And what we try and do is we try and give them confidence back again, and they self-esteem. they feel good about them, self esteem, self esteem, lifting. Because you know, some people when they lose that, it's 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 a terrible thing. And I really feel very very strongly about giving that back and, and helping them any way I can. I'm, I'm very big on self esteem. Self esteem is everything to me. Well, I think for me it also has a lot to do with my background being a special ed teacher. One of the toughest things is so many kids that they're knocked down their whole life. You know, they, they, they have to find something positive to move forward. And you give them something that they can move forward with, and it changes their life. During my trip to the gym, people were coming and going, stopping to introduce themselves with handshakes and smiles before getting in their training. You see, at Skiba's, strength here is not an individual pursuit, but a group effort. It's a reflection of the larger working class values of helping each other out and sticking together. Because as Henri would say, we're only as strong as our weakest link guys that's all we have for today i just want to thank Henri skiba joe Caligieri, and the rest of the crew join me next week when i'll be heading over to feathers athletic club in pennsylvania music by robert slump for scholars and iron this is joe signing off i don't think you see that in bodybuilding i'm sorry guys because ever since arnold came along and made everybody want to be an asshole you know, I mean, it's, you don't see, I'm, uh, you're going to have people listening to this and they're going to call me back because I always get in trouble all the time, but there's a different attitude. Powerlifters are just totally different. They're the big guys that are, it's kind of like chihuahuas versus uh, gorillas, you know? A gorilla walks through the forest, nobody fucks with him, right? You have a little chihuahua, he wants to bite every dog that's on the, on the market. That's the way sometimes some people are. And I'd rather be like that gorilla that's going through the market big and strong and nobody fucks with you. So listen, this is a little bit of me and... And uh, I'm sure it may end up in a cutting room floor, but that's how I feel.